Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. And we do have with us today, from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Sister Donna Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider 
joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about. And certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Sister Donna Deck. And I really didn't want to get out of bed yet. <laughs> and I and I heard speed. And I'm like, okay. And I laid there for about 30 minutes, and I got this sermon, or teaching, or whatever you want to call it. Seeds come in all sizes. There's large seeds like avocado seeds. There's small seeds like tomato or, in this area, soybeans. And then there's little tiny seeds like lettuce and radishes. Now, how many of you have planted a garden? Okay. Flower bed? Yard. I'm not sure how that happened, but... You know what? You have Sister Donna live today instead of that recording, okay? And I just want to welcome you all and apologize for the technical mix-up. I'm not sure how it happened, but it did. And we had an awesome July 23rd quarterly. Yes, we did. I'm telling you, we told you to come Expecting, expecting a miracle for your life. We told you to come and put a demand on the anointing. And the reports that I'm getting back, well, let me just tell you, I cannot wait to sue coat when we have all of you that give you the opportunity to get on this blog and share what God has done for you. Because we have had some awesome things that happened this past weekend about that. Well, I want to continue on with war for your mind. War for your mind. This is this is is such an exceptional teaching that Prophet Decker did. Turn first of all to Ephesians chapter six verse twelve, for we wrestle not We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The situations, the things that are going on in your life, they are not physical, they are spiritual. And you're not wrestling with flesh and blood. Your problem is not your boss, your co-worker, your spouse, your parents, your children. That's not your problem. The problem, the problem is a spiritual problem. And when you learn to go to battle in the spirit, we talked about that this weekend, about getting your life saver. Your life saver, which is the sword of the word of God. 
You get that word of God, that sword out, and like a lightsaber, you begin to do battle in the spirit for the things that you are struggling with. And we all struggle with things. We all have situations in our lives that come up. Those of you that were at the quarterly, my guess is that you have already had opportunity to lose what you were given by God at the quarterly. You've had already opportunity to allow yourself to be wounded again. Why do I know that? Because that's how the enemy works. The enemy jumps right in there and says, oh, that didn't really happen. Remember how he told Eve? He says, God didn't really say you shouldn't eat of that. That's how it works. Let's go to Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. 2 Peter 2, 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, of whom a man is overcome. The same is he brought into bondage. What is overcoming you today? What do you feel like is just bigger than you can handle? That you want to throw your hands up and say, God, I can't handle this. God, this is too hard. I can't handle it, God. What are you overcome with today? Because whatever it is, it's brought you into bondage. Bondage means you're all tied up in the spirit. You're not free in the spirit. You're all bound up. You know what happens when we all we get all bound up by things? Well, I don't feel like praising God today. Well, I'm too busy to pray today. Well, well, I, I read my Bible last, last night. I don't have to read it today. You get all bound up. You do like Adam and Eve. You go hide from God. That's what children do when they know they're doing something wrong. They go hide. I always said when the kids got quiet, it was time to go see what they were doing because they were into something they shouldn't have been into. So whatever it is that you're overcome by, it's brought you into bondage. But we have the promise of liberty. Yeshua set us free. Hallelujah. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1-7, war for your mind. You see, the battle is in your mind. The battle, the battle is in your mind. Oh, Slipha put thoughts, thoughts into your mind. 
And you have to change your stinking thinking. You have to reprogram your mind to think like God thinks. How are you going to do that? You're going to find out how God thinks about it. How does God think about this situation? Where are you going to find out how God thinks about it? In his word. In his word. And we have taught you. Whatever it is you're going through, you find the scriptures that cover that. But Sister Donna, I don't know what the scriptures cover it. Then you pray and ask God to show you, and I guarantee you, he'll begin to show you scriptures. You'll be reading your Bible, and all of a sudden you'll go, whoa, that applies to that problem. And then you write that down. I used to write it down on index cards. Write it down on a post-it note. Whatever you need to write it down on. And you put it someplace where you will see it every day. I have, I have, have index cards that, that are stacked up. I have some for, for, for I'm Beautiful. I have some for, for my children. I, I, have, I, I have several of them, and I just keep them all bound up with a rubber band and I would go through when I was going through and struggling with whatever that was I'd go through and I'd read it I have some for submission and I'd go through and I'd read them and I'd read them out loud during my prayer time I am a submissive woman my husband is the ruler of my house oh I read those scriptures for Ten years. Well, gee, Donna, that was a long time. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And then I got to Prophet's ministry. He called me down in the office. Me and my sister. And he looked at us. And he pointed that prophet finger at me. And he pointed that prophet finger at her. And he told me, he said, your husband will never be anything in this organization until you get rid of that spirit of Jezebel. Do you understand me? My eyes got big as saucers. I was like, dear Lord of God, I've been, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I've still got that stinking spirit in me. See, what I didn't know was it was still there. I was battling it. I was battling it with those, with those scriptures every day, and I was keeping it under wraps. But it was still there. Later on, prophet told me, I asked him about it. Because you see, like six, six weeks later, he made my husband an elder. And I said, you know, prophet, I said, I never understood that. Because I went home and I prayed and I said, God, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else I can change. But I want to, God. Prophet Decker told me, he said, that spirit, when I pointed my finger at you and said, get it out, that spirit ran out of you.
And he said, gave you six weeks to see if you'd let it back in. And you didn't. You didn't. But you've got, you've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way you act. And the battle is in your mind. How you think. How you think. Second Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God didn't give you fear. Some of you go, well, Sister Dawn, I don't have anything going on in my life like this right now. I'm not battling anything. What are you afraid of? I remember, I remember one time my girls were young. My oldest was just old enough to go to a concert. And, and so we, we'd had service, and there was this, this Christian concert there in Evansville, Indiana. And so she went with, with my brothers, who they, they were, were about, I don't know, 8 to 12 years older than her. She went with them and some other kids, and, and they went to this concert. And I remember that as we were driving out of Evansville, as we left the, 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 the synagogue there, and we were driving by and we drove by the road where, where they would have been turning to go to the Coliseum for this concert. And fear welled up inside of me. Fear welled up inside of me. And I was afraid for my daughter because she was going to be in a crowd and I wasn't there to protect her. And it surprised me. I mean, I, I had agreed to let her go. Her dad had agreed to let her go. What was this fear I suddenly felt? And so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there riding in the car, and I'm like, God, what is this fear? What, what am I, what's going on here? And he began to show me that I had a fear of crowds. I had a fear of being in a crowd. And I began to think about it. And I, and, and I, and I began to remember one time I was in a, in a, a crowd at, at a 4th of July event. And we'd gotten into the car and we was trying to get out of town and, and there were, it was all gridlocked because everybody was trying to leave at once. And I remember I was just a young girl. I was just riding, but I remember the fear. And I'm like, that's when I let it in. And then I remember another time I was in St. Louis at the Arch. It was the 4th of July. And I had a baby in a stroller and I had my grandmother in a wheelchair. And we were trying to get on the shuttle bus to go back to our car after the fireworks were done. And people were, were shoving and pushing. 
They had no respect for my grandmother in a wheelchair. They were jumping in in front of us. We had to just block everybody off so we could get her on the bus. And I felt, and I, I realized the fear, the fear of crowd. What is it you fear today? What is it you fear today? God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. See, that fear didn't come from God. That fear came from experiences. And, and I had to deal with that fear. I had an hour's drive home to deal with that fear. And this scripture right here was one of the scriptures I used because every morning... My children and I quoted this scripture. And they did it like a little cheer. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power and love and a good mind, a sound mind. God has given you power. He has given you of the ability, the power to overcome fear. God loves you. He's giving you his love. Just as a parent, I was like, I want to be there to protect him. He's there to protect you. He loves you. And a sound mind, a good mind. You have a mind, and all you have to do is reprogram it. Because it's like a computer program. You can either program it to be fearful, or you can program it to have faith. And it's your choice, and it's your responsibility to program what you make or think. God gave you a good mind. He gave you a good mind. And it's your choice. It's your choice. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Now this is when Moses had brought up the children of Israel to the promised land. And he'd sent out 12 spies. And they went into the promised land. And I'm telling you, I cannot imagine this. But it said in scriptures that they brought back, they brought back a bunch of grapes. Now, I buy a bunch of grapes at the grocery store. It's usually in a little plastic bag, and I can hold it with one hand. And sometimes I can hold the, the bunch of grapes in one hand. They brought back a bunch of grapes. That bunch of grapes was so huge that they stuck a pole through there and two men carried that bunch of grapes back to show the other people of Israel. That's one whale of a grapevine. And that's one huge, giant bunch of grapes. I mean, a single grape in a batch 
in, in a bunch like that was probably the size of a basketball or a football. Maybe they were the size of beach balls. I don't know. I wasn't there. I just know the scripture says that the men carry, it took two men to carry one bunch of grapes. Never seen anything like that in my life. But they got back, and there those two men stood with that bunch of grapes. And they began to say how awesome that property was, and how awesome, how what all they saw. was the land flowing with milk and honey. But 10 of them, 10 of them in verse 32 says, they brought up an evil report of the land that they had searched. They brought an evil report up to the children of Israel saying, the land through which we've gone to search is a land eaten up of the inhabitants therefore. And the people we saw are in it are men of great stature. They were giants. We saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So did they ask one of them, hey, do we look like grasshoppers to you? They were spies in the land. They were hiding. They didn't know what they looked like to them. But they brought up this evil report. They said, we look like grasshoppers to them. Something you just step on and squish. That was giants in the land. So they brought up an evil report to the children of Israel. Spirit of fear. A spirit of fear came on the entire congregation. (gasps) Joshua and Caleb said, we can take the land. God has given it to us. How many of you know that most people prefer to to believe the evil report over the good report. That's human nature. You prefer to believe what's bad over what's good. Dear God in heaven, we're like grasshoppers. The giants are going to squish us. And they cried all night. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. How many of you have had situations in your life come up? And you believe the evil report. And you cried. And you had a pity party. That's what they did. They cried a lot. They're like, Moses, you promised us the promised land. You brought us out of Egypt and you said God was going to give us the promised land. 
and there's giants in the land. And we're going to be squished like grasshoppers. Moses, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? They weren't willing to fight for the promise. They weren't willing to fight for it. They weren't willing to listen to Joshua and Caleb. You have a choice. You can either look at the grapes and go, wow, that's a bunch of grapes. Thank you, God, for your promises. And you can go to battle against the giants. Or you can believe the evil report and you can have a pity party. God doesn't participate, and he goes one more trip around the wilderness. God didn't give you fear. He gave you faith. expects you to develop it. He expects you to use it. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19, it says, So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. The children of Israel could not enter the promised land because of their unbelief. You and I cannot enter into God's divine promises because of unbelief. And you have to change your stinking thinking. You have to reprogram your computer brain to believe and trust what God's word says. And that only happens as you read it over and over and over and over and over and over. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me power. He gave me love. And he gave me a sound mind, a good mind. You grab those scriptures and you start reading them every day. I am the head of the back and not the end, back end. God's blessings chase me down. Well, Sister Donna, they are chasing me down today. You start praying it. You start lining yourself up with his word and you start believing it. They will chase you down. All fear is dependent on you looking back to what happened to you in the past. Fear is about you looking back to what happened to you in the past. God doesn't want us looking back. He doesn't want us looking back at our failures. He doesn't want you to look back at your failures. God wants you to look forward into his word, how he provided for you. Joshua and Caleb said, God is well able. Yeah. 
Were they right? Was God well able to give them the promised land? Were they correct? Well, 40 years later, Joshua and Caleb were still as strong physically as they were 40 years later, or, uh, before, or in the past, I mean. Now, there is a miracle in itself. In 40 years, our bodies change. But they were strong. And God was well able. They went in there and they battled and they fought and they won. Jericho went down. One by one, the land was fought for. Oh, they made mistakes. They're human. But God was well able. Can you imagine when, when Joshua told the congregation, said, we're going to march around Jericho. We're going to march around Jericho. And gave them specific instructions of how they were going to do it. And so around Jericho they went. And the next day they got up and around Jericho they marched. And the next day they got up and around Jericho they marched. It was Passover. And on the seventh day, that last day of Passover, the day that God delivers, they didn't march around just one, one time. No, they marched around seven times. And then they blew the trumpet. And the walls of Jericho fell. Our God is well able, said Joshua. And there was their first miracle. The other miracle is the harlot, Rahab, who had, when the spies had went in, she had let them down, because she lived on the wall, and she would let them down the window so that they could run away, because the, the people of Jericho, they were after them. They were going to kill them. They figured out there were spies in town. And they told her to hang out that scarlet. Rope. At that window. And all the walls of Jericho fell down. Except her house. And she was saved. Our God is well able. See, we allow fear. What if she had allowed fear? What if she'd said, what do you mean you want me to hang this, this scarlet rope? Sometimes we say it's a thread, but what do you mean that's going to protect me? She believed God. She believed them, and she did it. 
They couldn't enter because of unbelief. You and I cannot enter into the promises of God if we have unbelief about that promise. We have unbelief. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. You have to single-mindedly set your mind upon the Lord. You have to single-mindedly set your mind upon the Lord and refuse to allow fear to come in. You have to read those scriptures and read them and read them and read them and and pray them until you become singly minded about it and you can stop fear from coming in. I remember when I was married to my first husband. I'd gotten filled with the Holy Ghost made friends with a gal, and, and we had prayed over our finances. We both pulled out our checkbook, and we anointed it with oil, and we prayed over it, and we spoke that, that you know, we had enough to, to make ends meet and that we were prosperous, as God's word said, and nothing happened. I mean, we had a Holy Ghost meeting right there in her living room. I'm telling you, we were hooping and hollering and praising God. The next time, the next time it came time to pay bills, my husband got his paycheck once a month. I knew his paycheck was coming. I knew what it was. And I knew what the bills were. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, laying there, worrying. Because there were more bills than there was money coming in. What had I done? I allowed fear to come in. And I laid there, and that fear grew, and that worry got stronger. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And finally, I'm like, well, I can't sleep. So I got up, and I started doing bills. And you know what? I was right. There were more bills than there was money. And I had to juggle. And I... I would take and I would pay this bill this month. Next month I wouldn't pay it, and the next month I would. And of course, there's a charge for not paying it. And then there were some bills, like the electric bill, I couldn't do that with because they'd shut off your electric. And I'd sit there and I'd juggle it around until it all worked.
and the next month. Same thing. Same thing. You see, back then I didn't understand that I needed to find the scriptures about finances and I needed to begin to pray it until it went from my mind to my heart. But the battle was in my mind, laying there in bed, and I lost it. Month after month after month after month, year after year after year after year, I lost the battle. I lost the battle. Do you hear me? I allowed fear to overcome me, and I lost the battle. Now, there were other things involved with that. There's things about living on a budget. There's things about trimming it down. At that time in my life, we didn't have, we didn't buy potato chips. We didn't buy any pre-processed foods. I cooked from scratch. No candy, no pop. We trimmed the grocery bill down as far as we could. I know I would, I would, I would uh, find different budgets and it would talk about how much money to budget for clothing and I was like, <laughs> I didn't have that much money budgeted for clothing. got pregnant. I went and found cheap ways to find material and I made the made the baby's bedding and, and, and made 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 the burp cloths and, and and saved up money to 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 buy their outfits and made what I could. I was losing the battle. I was being as frugal as I knew how to be, but I was losing the battle. Fear. Fear causes unbelief, and that'll keep you from going into the promised land. The light of the body is the eye, Matthew 6.22 says. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye be single, if you continually look at God's word for that situation in your life, your body will eventually be full of light in that area. Oh, I'm not saying you won't have opportunities because you will. Oh, Slewfoot, oh, Slewfoot is what? He's out to kill, steal, and to destroy you. And about the time he sees you making headway, he's going to throw a situation at you, an opportunity for you to start sinking in fear. But if you will keep your mind 
if you will keep reading those scriptures, if you will reprogram it, if your eye will be single, you'll be full of light. You'll be full of light. Well, Sister Donna, what happened with with that with your finances? Well, I eventually learned. I eventually learned. Took years. I came to... I, I, I came into Prophet Deckard's ministry and I began to learn how that whatever your problem is, you find the scriptures for that. And I found the scriptures for finances and I had a whole stack of them. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd lay there and I'd start to feel the fear come. And I began to worry. And I'd jump out of bed and I'd go get that stack of scriptures and I'd start reading them and I'd start praying and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. My God said that I am prosperous. My God said I'm the head, not the tail. My God said the blessings will overtake me until the fear was gone. What happened the next morning when you did your bills, Sister Donna? Oh, there wasn't enough money to cover them all. But I had beat the fear back. I beat the fear back. And I did that month after month after month after month. eventually, eventually, once we began to keep Shabbat, we began to bring in enough money to cover the bill. You see, you have to line up with God's word to get all of his promises. It took more than me just reading the scriptures. It took me keeping the commandments. Because the scripture says, if you keep my commandments. And I was not keeping his commandments because I was doing Sunday Shabbat, Sunday Sabbath, as we called it. We Christians do Sunday Sabbath. That wasn't God's Sabbath. For pity's sake, Sunday means is named after the sun god. It'll be full of light. And yes, I did. I did finally overcome that. It wasn't until after. After I'd gotten divorced. My first husband, we ended up going totally bankrupt. Turned 40, we went bankrupt, I got divorced all the same year. 
And then the blessings began to come in. And I had enough to meet all the bills. And then it grew. It grew. Married Prophet Deckard. We went through a struggling time. We've shared that with you guys. But we stood in faith. We refused to allow fear. We stood in faith. And eventually, blessing overtook us. You have to have your whole body. You have to have a single eye. Your whole body. And we, as a couple, had to stand together. And what I found out was, with my first marriage, we didn't stand together. So fear is looking back on things that happened to you in the past. Go to Isaiah. 43, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You're going to have to pinpoint your fear just as I pinpointed my fear in the car that day. And God began to show me the fear that I had of crowds. You're going to have to pinpoint. You're going to have to list your, you're going to have to list your fears. And then you're going to have to face them. You're going to have to face them. You're going to have to begin to find the scriptures and change your stinking thinking. Get the light of God's word down in your heart about that fear. And it's going to take time. It's not a case that you just look it up, read it, and go, oh, yay, hallelujah, okay, thank you, Lord. Well, you're going to have to do it over and over and over and over and over again until it gets into your heart and you believe it. Fool God. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord said to me, say not, I'm a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. God said, say not I'm weak. They say I'm strong. God said, say not I'm poor. But I'm rich. God said, say not I'm sick but I'm healed.
comes out of your mouth? What do you say? Verse 17, that same chapter of Jeremiah 1, 117. Thou therefore gird up thy loins, arise and speak to them all that I command thee, be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. Gird up your spiritual loins with the truth of God's word. Put on that belt of truth. Don't be afraid of the face of your situation or you'll be confounded before it. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, an iron pillar a brazen wall against all whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, against the people of the land, and they shall fight against thee, but they will not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, says the Lord, to deliver thee. Were you talking to Jeremiah there? Well, I want you to remember what we read in Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. God said, I'm going to make you a defended city, an iron pillar a brazen wall against the kings, against the princes, against the priests, against the people. Darkness will fight against you, Ephraim. But you can prevail. You can prevail over darkness. But you have to win the battle in your mind. You've got to change the way you think. Ephesians chapter 4, 22 and 24, that you put off concerning former conversations, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Right there it is. Reprogram your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God gave you the ability. God's given you his promised land. Don't believe the evil report. Don't compare your problem to you. Compare you to your problem. But you compare your God. You compare your God 
to the problem. God is bigger than your finances. God is bigger than your sicknesses. God is bigger than whatever it is that you're going through today. But you have to change the way you think. You have to let the light of his word in. And you have to stay in faith and not let fear in. Let's pray. Father, you share. Father, I curse the stinking stinking. And I pray, Father, that they will begin to change and reprogram their mind. Show them the scriptures, Father. Shika bashaka ha. Shika bashaka ha. And there's somebody, you got something going on with your foot. God wants to heal that. God wants to heal it. In the name of Yeshua! Be healed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody else have something you need healed up? Put your hand there. In the name of Yeshua! Be healed. Be healed. Thank you, Father. In Yeshua's precious name. Amen. I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Shalom. Thank you.